Well, hey guys, and welcome to episode number 60 of the Surf Coast Creators Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Hucker. Welcome, co-host Jess Hucker. How are you doing, Jess? Ben, thanks for having me. We haven't seen you for a couple of weeks. Where have you been? I've been working in the shop and busy with Owen, so it's nice to be finally in the pod studio. Yeah, it takes up a bit of time, little Owies, so good to have you back for this episode, so our final episode before Christmas 2022, and I've got a very special guest in today. We've had so many requests to get this girl onto the podcast, so really excited that we finally get to have a chat today, so very warm welcome to local photographer extraordinaire, uh, Zoe Strap. welcome. Thank you, thank you for having me. That's all good. Great to get finally get you in for a chat, so... I know that your photography is amazing. I think I picked up on your photography oh, a couple of years ago. It must have been 2018, 2019, sort of lifestyle, cruisy, relaxing photography. You've kind of turned that photography now into a business, which we're going to get into later. But just for our audience and our listeners, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background and exactly you know, the, the photography stream that you focus on? Yeah, definitely. Um, So probably when you found me, it all started in the water space. So I was, I think I I played around in the world of creativity and photography from a young age, from high school and things like that. Um, All of my VCE subjects were all creative based, Uh, but I never really saw photography as any form of career. I I don't think it was ever spoken about or encouraged. so after kind of fiddling around for quite a few years out of school and doing a degree and everything, um, I was traveling Australia in 2019. One of the very few things that we've timed well in life, we always say. Um, <laughs> and that gave me the time to really pick up the camera. I think I was fiddling with it a bit. I had, um, it cost thousand dollars. It was a can, I don't even know what it was, but it was a Canon vlogging camera. Like I was just like, this will be great, JV Hi-Fi, no idea, yeah. I was still on auto that stage until I left for the trip at the start of 2019 and um, really got the chance and the time to learn. And I had a water housing, so that sort of jumped into like Ningaloo Reef and not a bad place to learn. Mm. <laughs> um, and it was that year that kind of, yeah, gave me that time to expand my skills and dive into the depths of it. And literally dive yeah. into the depths. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, and it, I was doing a bit of landscape and stuff and people, but um, it was mostly ocean until I arrived back on the surf coast at the end of that year. And that was kind of due to a mixture of losing the job I kind of had held on to on that trip, but I wasn't working, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I came back to no real job and time. And then I was just like, well, I really enjoy this. I think I should do something with it. Yeah. So you were living in on the surf coast before you left? Yes. Yep. So um, moved to the surf coast, uh, I don't know what year it was, but it was about six years ago now. Yep. So we'd spent a bit of living in Juck and then Anglesey and then went on a trip and came back to Anglesey. Yeah, cool. So where are you from originally? From Berwick, southeastern oh, suburbs. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we moved down. We were coming down a lot on the weekends and everything and then we did the move six years ago um, and... Yeah, and then we drove around the whole country being like, maybe there's somewhere else we might want to live. Like, and we love it here, obviously, but yeah. you just never know yeah. um, till you look. And apparently there's not. And we came back to Anglesey. <laughs> so you cancelled out the entirety of Australia yeah, and decided yeah. on Anglesey. No, we love everywhere we visited, but it is a yeah. good place, Anglesey. Oh, it's sensational. We've got a, got a good down there at Anglesey. We've interviewed, actually, our last guest was from Anglesey, Craig Crosswhite, fellow photographer. Yeah, so, he's a legend. Yeah, what a, what a place to be and what a place to be inspired to take photos. So 10,000 followers later on your Instagram account. Uh, congratulations on your success to date with that. And, you know, I guess that photography is kind of a, uh, you know, in terms of followers and things, it doesn't mean much. But in terms of getting work and marketing and all the rest, is that been a deliberate strategy for you to grow your following to that level or that's kind of just happened that's just happened um the account started with a bit more of a um my just conservation passions i would say because i originally did an environmental science conservation degree so it sort of was just a place where i put a lot of that information and then i transitioned into photography and it just i think happened organically um it's not something probably something i should put more effort and time and thought into these days but i don't really because 
I'm trying to make a conscious effort of putting out what I actually want to put out and not what I feel compelled to put out. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are two very different things. Two very different things. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to how much it affects my business, I'm sure it does. And it de- I definitely do get inquiries and attention and, and, and um, things from there and connect with a lot of different people. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's like a sole focus of my business. Instagram. Yeah, cool. I know a lot of people just dedicate themselves to Instagram mm. channel and just grow it, grow it, grow it every day. So always interested to hear people's point of view on that. And Craig Crosswaite is similar. He just puts out stuff that he thinks is really high quality. Mm. And, you know, next minute, 15,000 followers. So Tell Lemons is similar as well. Yeah, definitely. Just puts out quality stuff when he wants to. So lifestyle, fashion, travel, surf. I see a lot of portraiture on your Instagram page as well. Outstanding portraiture. Uh where does your passion for portraiture come from? How did you sort of incorporate, go from landscape? I imagine landscape came first and then portraiture or? Well, I think it's been interconnected the whole way because I think obviously there's the marine life. So I would say the oceanscapes when I'm in a location that allows that um, with clear water. But even if I look back from when I first started, it always was very um, dominated by people and telling a story. I think there was a transition phase of learning what it is that inspires me in photography rather than getting too much influence from the people around me or the industry. So like of probably the last 12 months, I feel like I'm really settling into what I want out of it. Mm -hmm. And that is falling into a more documentary style of photography and hence like the portraiture um, element so yeah I'm just kind of getting really drawn into telling a lot more stories and emotion and raw moments that are just that person or that place mm-hmm. I get a lot more inspiration from that than I ever kind of have from just not not just that's not the right word from like landscape for me it's like yep. it, I just like having that form of like connection human yep. element so yes is this all self-taught like the um, photography all your yes. skills? Yes. Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> well, um, and all self-taught, though, when we get into it, the wedding industry, I've had some amazing mentors in that space, as well as a few mentors along the way in the more lifestyle space yeah. as well. That's so good. So in the lifestyle space, have you done, like, online courses? I know there's a lot of short courses now with uh, Skillshare and other platforms, Udemy. Have you ever used some of those platforms? I haven't. I have used YouTube. YouTube. YouTube is my friend and <laughs> any questions I've had have been answered. So that's been incredible. Um, the learning phase is definitely just trial and error, an immense amount of time and continues to be an immense amount of time behind the lens. And just whenever I come up against barriers doing that online research through YouTube or just um, Googling. Yep. But also, as I mentioned, um, I had uh, a lady named Belinda who used to live here and has since moved up north she was incredibly kind and gave me pointers on like editing and composition and a few elements like that yeah um yeah but otherwise just get out there (laughs) and in terms of i see a lot of female models on your instagram page so me and jess were talking about this this morning so some stunning female models Uh, do you reach out to them actively or do you do you know these girls or how does that all happen Typically finding, so uh, what the work on my Instagram is a mixture of personal and professional client work. So in the sense of a client, sometimes they might come with a model that they want or they request me to find them. And then obviously I do have some in my mind that I've connected with on the coast. Um, But there's obviously also modeling agencies that you can always connect with and reach out to. But in regards to my personal work, it is usually a, a collaboration between us. And sometimes they reach out to me or vice versa if I feel that they're a good fit for a vision that I have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some incredibly talented models and talent and actors on our coast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's kind of part of the reason we do the podcast is to kind of uncover yeah. these hidden gems. So <laughs> Yeah. But uh, so is that a big part of your photography now in terms of paid work or it's more about sort of building your brand and your profile? Um, I would say, yeah, I would say probably like 85% is like client work and yep. then I always fit in that actually thing. The water stuff, the water work is definitely, um, that's for lifestyle. The water stuff is more prominent to like my personal work. It's mm-hmm. a place that I go to just create with no real expectations or pressure 
in saying that though a lot of clients do request like a mixture of a lifestyle shoot that includes say two hours on land and an hour in the water or, or something like that or maybe it's a surf shoot for a surf brand or something yep and just going back to that transition from Berwick to the surf coast, you know, traveling around Australia, did you, when did you first pick up a camera? Was that sort of way back in Berwick? Because Berwick's got a bit of bushland and yeah. forestry surrounding it, doesn't it? Rolling yeah. green hills and... Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been, that's becoming more and more of a yeah. suburban sort of area, but yeah. back in the day, that was paddocks. Definitely. Like, I mean, I grew up on 10 acres, not a lot, but it's still a bit, and surrounded by land. It's since um, one side of our street's now been developed. But yeah. um, I did, I got um, a very good family friend of mine bought um, a secondhand DSLR. I don't actually know what it was now looking back. It was a Canon um, back when I was in high school and I did pick that up for fun. And I and now looking back, it's quite funny because I realized I was actually taking photos my whole life in different parts. Like even down to having, don't know if you remember the iPods that had a camera on the back. They were like, oh. the, they, they were the Nana, like with the yeah. wheel, not touch, but they had a little camera. And I used to make short videos of my high school boyfriend skateboarding. Oh. And like just, I was always doing something like that, yeah. Yeah. but never realized that it could be anything. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely picked up and put down in different forms over yeah. my whole life from probably like 15. Yeah, so it's not like you just travelled around Australia and then picked up not, a camera and yeah, it's yeah. always kind of been there. Did it come from parents? Were they creative? No, not at all. Yeah. Um, my dad's an accountant. Oh, and, there you go. Um, my mum is an equestrian coach. So oh, cool. very creative, I guess, in that sense. But I'm not sure. I've always, as I said, like always done art, did a lot of subjects, design. Yeah. I think so. We find that a lot with our guests, actually. Parents are kind of engineers, accountants, doctors, mm. you know structured sort of routine type jobs uh sort of day to day and then yeah you kind of they have these children that are this is immense creatives which mm. is bizarre the way it works <laughs> sometimes so uh that's awesome so if we can get into your wedding photography so i imagine we we're talking before the podcast and you said this is your first official wedding season isn't it mm-hmm. so Ooh, how's wow. that all going it's exciting yeah it's really exciting um it's going really well I think so it, it sort of kicked off um at what are we now 2021 like mid 21 mm-hmm. i was, began assisting um with a few mentors uh, two people that i assisted over the 21 22 season yeah and also did a few on my own and that was incredible like i a lot of people jump into the wedding industry with no wedding experience they might just have other photography experience which is incredible but i just felt that i couldn't do yeah. that yeah. it's an immense amount of pressure and there's a lot of elements to the day and it's obviously an extremely special day mm. yeah. um so i wanted to come in prepared and that was amazing and then after a few last um early in the year i've kicked off yeah I've kicked off this year with a full season oh nice so yeah. how many weddings booked in um so far can you fit in anymore yeah, I can fit in a few more. Um, I think I have like something it's getting close to about twenty. Oh my so god! Far, um, which I'm really thankful for and yeah. excited and um, just love every one of my couples and they're so fun. And one of the things that I was told by my mentor um, when I said I'm like I really want to work. You, it's important that you connect with your couples because mm. you've got to be on the same page. Mm. Um, and he said you've just got to put out you know, obviously what you want to get back in regards to the type of people that you want to shoot with um, and and document their day. And I have noticed that happening. Like I really wanted to connect with very relaxed and outgoing and like um, regional weddings, rural weddings and destination places rather than larger Melbourne weddings. Yep. And that's what I've been getting. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Nice. It's exciting. Put it's it so out good. to the world and that's what you get back. Yeah. Uh, so this is one of my favourite topics, marketing. So... Mm-hmm. Obviously, that that first wedding, do you want to take us through that? How did you get it booked? How did that come about? It's always the hardest one, that first sale. Yeah, definitely. Um, What was the first one? I think the first one came through a connection of Instagram. I think it came through someone finding that I was connected to someone they had already hired, another service they had already hired for that wedding. So, and then it was, uh, from there they just reached out and a, and a discussion started. But in regards to most of my weddings, I would say it's a mixture of people who already followed me on my lifestyle 
account mm -hmm. that then saw that I launched into weddings. Um, yeah. People I had worked with in other capacities, um, as well as just it being a space that a lot of people need yeah. photographers. Yeah. So I have had a lot of people just reach out for finding me through Google and Instagram, yeah. um, I would say. That's good. Yeah. What's your favorite part of the wedding to shoot? Of the day or like the... Yeah, the yeah. whole day. Oh, I, I do think I thrive on the dance floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I love that so everyone fun. else's like inhibitions are down yeah. and no longer do they care that the camera is in their face. Yeah. Um, but the thing about it is like my partner mentioned, he's like, I think you're the only wedding photographer that's ever said like, well, not the only, that's exaggeration, but a lot of them say they don't actually love it necessarily. It's something mm -hmm. they might do to help their finances or to fill in a little bit of extra um, in their timetable. But I love it so much. Like it's it's the perfect combination of documentary because yeah. I think that's where my passion and work is going. I just to document moments mm. and that's what this whole day is about. It's just telling a story yeah. from start to finish. Yeah. And it's so special. I've noticed that with a lot of the top wedding photographers, they do that photo essay more so than, you know, three, mm. two, one smile type thing. Yeah. So I've just clicked on your Zostrap.weddings account actually and some stunning photography there we had our wedding this time last year december 10th Congratulations. so oh thank you it's bringing back a lot of memories so <laughs> some unreal photography there so get over and check out zoe's page if you're in the process of getting married and yeah. looking for a wedding photographer so <laughs> we'll go back to your main feed so uh, another thing there i guess is pricing so mm -hmm. It's relevant, I guess, for anyone running a freelance business or a small business or a photography business, but how did you go about pricing your wedding straight out of the gate? Did you just go straight for the premium or are you somewhere in the middle? Um, I think I fit somewhere in the middle. When I was sort of coming up with it, I did a lot of research into like just industry standards in our area or in our state. Um, and then I spoke to my mentors that had I'd been assisting and sort of said, this is what I'm thinking. I know roughly what like your level charges, you know, and roughly what probably the lowest spectrum charges. I think I fit nice in the middle. What do you think? And they said, I think that works really well. You know, yep. you, you're not going to attract um, a super low budget, which is a good thing because yep. you don't want to, mm -hmm. but you are low enough that you're going to create a sense of like um, inquiries and urgency, I guess, for your service. Yeah. So it's, I think we spoke about it before the podcast, didn't we? Like you kind of you attract the clients by pricing correctly yeah. and you kind of price out the clients that you don't necessarily want. Exactly. And, uh, and I do make it all public on my website, the pricing yeah. for my wedding work. And I actually had a client who booked the other day, um, uh, compliment the fact that I did put mm. it on the website because yeah. they were like, we look at how many when you're booking a wedding photographer. I mean, yeah. you look at so many and it, it is frustrating that you'd have to reach out and be like, oh, I'm sorry, you're, you're way out of my budget or, you know, maybe then that's too low that maybe they think then, oh, it's a bit concerning why you're so low. Yeah. Um, Are they just using an iPhone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit worrying. But um, so, yeah, she, she said, I really appreciate that you did that. It just sort of mm. made my life easier. Mm. Um, and there's no reason. And it also makes my inquiry process easier because now I'm yeah. going to get much less inquiries that aren't going to eventuate to anything. Yeah, saves your time, which mm. is a big thing in small business. Like Most certainly. Wearing all the hats. So... I think that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to see. And I know another photographer, Tal Lemons, that we've had on the podcast is now doing wedding photography yeah. as well. So does it, it sounds like it's not a reluctant thing for you to go into wedding photography. I know a lot of photographers, it's again, we, another thing we spoke about before the podcast that lots of photographers reluctantly go into mm -hmm. weddings to pay the bills, put a roof over their head, you know, mm -hmm. put food on the table. But for you, it seems like you're quite passionate about it. Yeah, no, I, I am. And, um, Alex, my partner, he said, he's like, you do realize that when you're behind the lens, you're literally smiling the whole time. <laughs> he's like, I watch you take photos and you're smiling behind the camera. And sometimes even when I'm editing them. So like I do, yeah. they're, they're a joyful day and who doesn't love love? Yeah. I, I'm a big crier at weddings. Yes. Like I was just looking and getting all teary. Yeah. So I think I'd be crying too much trying to take the photos, but it's the best day. Like it doesn't oh. matter who it is. I it went to a, so quick, yeah. a wedding oh. where I didn't even know. Like I knew the bride, but I didn't know who she was marrying. Yeah. And that I just bawled my eyes out, and I was in front of the videographer, <laughs> and 
there's like all these images of me bawling. I was going to say, I'd probably target you yeah. with photos because we need some good crying yeah. action. Oh, I shouldn't laugh at you girls crying because I teared up on our wedding day big time, didn't Aww. I? I yeah. choked back. I thought, I'll be right. Good job. Now, how can it be just to say a few words? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I, I can't speak. <laughs> and even the, uh, what's she called? The celebrant. Celebrant. Uh, even said then, like, she kind of, she thought I'd lost my lines, but oh, I just couldn't speak because I choked up. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. <laughs> uh, that was all good fun last year. We had our wedding at... Um, Belbro Harvest, Harvest, which is a oh, sensational location. Beautiful. Have you done any weddings there yet? I haven't there shot yet? there, but one day. That's, oh, it's yeah. stunning. You get some landscapes, portraiture, everything there. So, yeah, so one thing we haven't talked about there, though, is uh, your love for travel. So it seems every time I look at your feed, you're kind of travelling somewhere and having fun and off on a new adventure. So uh, how often do you get away and... Is it as regular as I think it is? <laughs> <laughs> Never as regular as Instagram makes you think it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, as I said, starting the business in 2019, travel was not a big part of it. And I think I definitely um, got a lot out of the coast because we obviously we were just restricted so much, even on how far we went on our own coast. Um, so I've been really enjoying our newfound freedom this year. I've done uh, a bit through Europe and New Zealand um, and I would often, even before last year, I'd often go just up north um, to Noosa. But yeah, I, f- I find it really inspiring. Particularly, I'd say my trip to Europe emphasized my passion for more documentary style photography because I was just people in the moment and the places. And yeah, recently in New Zealand, which was epic. Yeah, I can see a couple of photos from New Zealand on your feed. And the, yeah, the, some of the architecture is clearly European, so... It looks like it's somewhere in Paris or something, that yeah. <laughs> particular one. But, um, yeah, so you got inspired over there as well. Oh, there you go. There's the Eiffel Tower. So it must have been France. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot of inspiration. Went to still, – I still have so many photos that I'm not sure. I have them on this little bank and I'm like – I'm slowly like sharing, but I also don't know exactly what I want to do with them. And I think I drew a lot of inspiration uh, from a lot of European photographers now since then as well, just – not really that like anywhere's better or anything. I think you just go through phases by getting yeah. inspiration in certain places. Yeah, that's cool. So it all sounds like the dream life. You're living down in Anglesey, moved down from made the move from Berwick, moved down to the surf coast, travelled around Australia, been to New Zealand, France, other places. It all sounds really magical. Uh, you're getting lots and lots of wedding work. Obviously, doesn't come without its challenges. What's what's been your biggest challenge to date? I mean, when you lay my life out the way you just did before, it sounds pretty good, doesn't it? But it's <laughs> definitely not um, like that. Good old Instagram. Um, yeah, it's only the good parts on Instagram. So Yeah, of course. <laughs> to be honest, I was thinking about this the other day, what's sort of been the hardest concept. And I think it's really easy to break it down into it might have been getting the clients or people could say the financial strain or, or maybe it's learning the skills that you need or purchasing the equipment, which are all really difficult aspects though I feel like they're often aspects that are some somewhat in our control of being like when I am not getting clients it's like okay break it down like what can I do more of or how can I put more hours in or change something um, or if I don't have enough money to survive that month it's like well couldn't you get a second job can you do something else but for me I would definitely say it's the sense of imposter syndrome and self-doubt really have to be my biggest hurdle across like the entire career path that's strikes me as like it gets me every time with because i know tal lemons mentioned that and a few other photographers and a few other very very successful people but the imposter syndrome it comes up time and time again Mm. so in spite of your awesome high quality photography portraiture Great network, great relationships, uh, 10,000 plus followers on Instagram. Don't know what followers you have on Facebook, and I imagine quite a lot. So you still get that little voice in your head that's saying you're not good enough. Yeah, every day. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I think that's probably deeper rooted issues in my life in general. Um, but in regards to photography, yeah, it's, it's a massive from day dot and still to now in different forms. It's sort of rocking up. 
at a shoot and believing that you're, you know, you know that you're ready to be there, otherwise you wouldn't have taken the climb, but you, you still get in your head and you're like, can I deliver the level of work that I want myself to deliver, that I expect myself to deliver? Um, what am I even, you know, you have down days, you have days where you haven't booked any clients or you um, are struggling financially or whatever it is those days, then it's just this like spiral of sort of being like, well, should I be here in the first yeah. place? Or you know, look at their work and and that horrible spiral of comparison is a reason I try and stay off Instagram from a personal scrolling yep. level because yep. uh, I am definitely horrible for that. But yeah, just sort of, it's hard sometimes to not question yourself of like, why you deserve to be here in the mix with everyone else when there are so many outstandingly talented photographers and just creators yep. you know, in general. Totally get it. Completely understand it. I mean, I've tried had ambitions to be a photographer as well myself and, yeah, used to have it every other day. It's like mm. I used to look at my stuff in comparison to guys that have got 100,000 followers or whatever on Instagram and, you know, I just think, you know, they're travelling through Norway and Iceland mm. and every mm. other place and... Uh, you just think, yeah, not good enough. But I guess we get it in terms of the podcast as well. It's like, why should we be podcasting? You know, what gives yeah. us the right to host a podcast? You know, yeah, definitely. get our, our word out there and our message out there and other people's stories out there. But yeah, I think the Instagram following is definitely something that doesn't that doesn't sit with me very much. I don't seem to put much value on it because I find mm. so many amazing photographers have little to none because it's not something they've prioritized. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely just finding that confidence and, and feeling like you belong, but then also remembering that your work, you're at a different journey. You're on a different journey. You're at a different stage in that journey. There's mm -hmm. a high chance that that photographer has 20 years under their belt, or even if they don't, they just, their work's different. Mm -hmm. They're in a different place than you are. Yeah. So this is me telling myself that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, and um, so I'm just trying to remember that along the way, I guess. And obviously good support from your partner and family as well. So they, they keep you going, keep you keep encouraging you. Yeah, definitely. They're amazing and um, always good to talk to Anzac, my dog, when I have questions. <laughs> um, but no, it is. It's good to have a support system, but also it can be tricky when you work alone, as I'm sure you guys mm. find. Well, you have each other, but I'm sure you still do lots of things independently. And when you don't have that person to bounce off, and I went into an office space at the end of, uh, so a year ago, um, end of last year, and that's been really wonderful. I share a space with Brittany March, who's an oh, artist. Cool. Oh, so you're at it's at Ashmore. Ashmore Arts, yeah. yeah. And although, and it's kind of wonderful, though she's not a photographer, but obviously a very talented creative, and it sort of sometimes helps to have someone just around every now and then to yeah. sort of like, not, not yeah, just bounce things off really. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a good segue, I guess, into mentors. Is is Brit a mentor for you? And you spoke about your mentors with the wedding photography. Do you want to yeah. name them? And are they online courses or is it uh, more of a friendship relationship? So Yeah, um, that sort of started when I, because I wanted to get in, obviously. And I just, I, I do think I have a, I have a knack for, I used a good word the other day, but it was like being politely annoying. <laughs> um, of just being like, I I just found um, probably three or four photographers at the time that I was just so incredibly inspired by their work and I just sort of hassled them a little bit. Mm. And um, one, uh, they're both Melbourne-based. One name's Tess and Dan and they're two, um, two wedding photographers. They both have very unique styles and clientele but both a similar baseline of really... Um, emotive documentary style work and they've been incredible like just just having people to bounce off um, people that know so much more than you and can just teach you so much um, and when I was thinking back I know, um, about like who's kind of inspired me of late um, I would definitely say it's it's worth jumping on and looking um, at Dan Brennan's photography from a personal level I would say he's a great inspiration for where I'm like striving towards. Yep. Dan Brennan. Yes. Yep. Um, on Instagram and yeah, and probably just sort of having someone that you're like connected to enough that you know them and obviously, and he's just a legend of a person, but also I just look at his work and I'm like, oh, 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, feel nice. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love one day for it to look like that. So he's a wedding photographer, or he's lifestyle? a wedding photographer. Uh, he's from England originally. Yeah. So, but his his business is based around wedding photography. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So these people didn't have formal courses or anything. No. You kind of just, as you say, politely, annoyingly. Yeah. Reached out to them and. I think that's the key to most of my sexes. Success is being politely annoying um, <laughs> and just kind of, you know, even just getting clients from that very early stage back when I very first started, it was literally a case of hours and days of like cold emailing, just days and days and days of just like finding brands that I connected with, finding individuals that I felt resonated with my style and my ethics and yeah. just reaching out, reaching out. And, you know, I started at a low price bracket, obviously, because they're yeah. feeling you out and you're feeling them out. Yeah. And some of those people that I emailed, you know, what's that, um, quite a few years ago now are still clients today oh, right. Yeah, and have kind of grown alongside me. And you just mentioned pricing there, so I was going to say, did you offer a free session or free sessions? I know mm. are just taboo, especially mm. in photography, because you know when you're a very talented creative, it's hard to give stuff away for free, mm. and it kind of brings down the industry and the pricing and all the rest. So you offered them some sort of package. Yeah, I think when it comes to the free, because we all start somewhere, and yeah. of course my work has improved with time and will continue to. So I would say that I gave them very, very affordable package options, and they were very small packages, like one hour. They sent the products, I did the shoot for an hour, I got the model, I did everything, delivered the photos for very minimal money. Um, but in regards to doing stuff for free, I think the best thing I've found is I sort of suffer free all the time, but not for a brand. So find yourself a model or a talent or someone that you connect with, whether it's a surfer or, a, or mm. anyone, do it to your vision and their vision, the model's vision and work together and create the content. Then if you want to connect with the brand, maybe if you'd like interconnect that brand or product into it yeah. and you can sort of approach them later and show them what you've created. But and it takes away that concept of just giving your service away for free, yeah. which does obviously affect the industry and yourself as well. And it, it, it's, sort of when people just reach out and like oh do you want to like i need photos for my thing do you mm. want to just like stay here the night and it's like i don't want to stay for the night yeah, it's okay stay at the airbnb yeah or... so it's just finding that balance free jumper or something. yeah yeah do what's do you know value your services mm. but obviously we all start somewhere and i still do those sorts of portfolio shoots regularly because i love them mm -hmm. and they're a chance for you to be creative yeah yeah that's a great little strategy for budding photographers i guess so uh, we talked about your challenges, Zoe, so the imposter syndrome. Have you got any sort of shortcuts when you hear that little voice, say you're at a wedding and it starts to creep in? Any little shortcuts to circumvent it or overcome it? Um, I'd say it doesn't sneak in during the wedding because you don't have time to even take a sip of water. But definitely leading up, like the drive there that's often long and things like that, I just try and take it back to basics of breaking it down. So, you know, if it's going to be a wedding, it's like break it down into the little bits it's very, weddings are very much stages, you know, from getting ready to the details to the ceremony and really just break down each piece. You've got all your equipment. Think yeah. about the more like tact, um, technical aspects of the day. Yeah. And that's kind of the only way that I can try and put the rest behind me. Mm -hmm. So just sort of compartmentalizing and yeah, you yeah. can get weddings are a huge day. It's like oh. having had our wedding last year is just like full on. Yeah. Like we had everything planned to the T, but still on the day, you're just oh. like, and they're always how's this going to go? And... Yeah, people are late, you got to coordinate people, mm. you get people that are kind of half drunk mm. by the time they get yeah. there. And... <laughs> so. But I think like most of all, it's important to say like you can have tactics and, but sometimes you just have bad days and you have bad that weeks yep. and there's weeks where you just doubt every aspect of why you're even here. Not because you don't love it, but because maybe you're not where you think you should be or where you want to be. Mm -hmm. um, so it's also just being like, I, I don't ever want to make anyone think that my tactics make that just go away for me or anything like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, kind of embrace it. You're aware yeah. of it. You're aware of it and you it's, channel it. And yeah. It's kind of inevitable. Yeah. Rather than running away from it, hiding from it. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's good to hear. So definitely fallible as we all are, but um spoken about challenges what about milestones so going in the other direction what's what do you think has been your biggest milestone to date as a photographer 
Hmm. Well, we haven't got there yet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> We've got bigger plans. <laughs> yeah, many plans. Um, I'm trying to think. Two, two recent. I mean, just the fact that, I like, I'd say a few would definitely be like getting an office space. It's like, well, that's a bit of an achievement itself. Yeah. You know, that you got to a point where that was something you were capable of and that um, you had the opportunity to do. Another one would have to be when I was in Paris and I did some shoots there and they were portfolio shoots, but I was just kind of pinching myself. I was like, holy moly, like this is just (laughs) insane. Like just to be here in the first place, but then to be creating while I'm there is just a whole nother, it was just insane. Um, And then I did set out with the intention this season. I said I wanted... I said I would buy the equipment to do the weddings if I booked one, mm-hmm. obviously, because you got to shoot it. Um, and I would be stoked if I booked like five. And oh, I've wow. been so I mean, that's, that's <laughs> now a you little got 20. Goal. Yeah, it's a little goal <laughs> that I'm really, I'm really um, proud of. And but it's all just a starting phase. Again, it's like I can stand here and say I'm really proud, but at the same time, if you're in my head, you'd be like, oh wow, there's a lot of doubts still like there. Yeah. So, well, you okay. smashed it out of the park in step terms of booking step. weddings. <laughs> and yeah, a photo shoot in Paris is no mean feat either. So congratulations. And I sh- we should mention too that, you know, purchasing wedding photography equipment, it's not like three or four grand. We're talking <laughs> so 15, much. 20 grand, aren't we? So, yeah. Uh, by the time you get all the software and everything else. Uh, that's one thing I wanted to touch on as well. So workflows for photographers, especially when you start introducing weddings, can be mm. just overwhelming, huge how do you manage your content and have you gone down the path of outsourcing editing or any thoughts to do that in the future? I don't outsource editing. My mentors and a lot of other photographers I know do because mm-hmm. they just they have crazy amounts of weddings to get through would be impossible. I like to keep it in-house where I'm at now until it maybe it gets to the stage where it's not capable I'm not capable of that. In regards to workflow, I would say that it's the things that I use currently, I mean, Studio Ninja is one I use. Oh, yeah. I've um, used that before. Yeah. It's I excellent. Think yeah. It's excellent. Those guys are from Melbourne, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And from, from a wedding, I mean, now I use it. I don't use it much for my lifestyle portrait brand work, but I do use it solely for the weddings. And I don't think I could do weddings without it. It's just incredible. Uh, and then, as you said, wearing all the hats, obviously, in the business. I use QuickBooks for, like, my finances. Oh, yeah. And Google Calendar, which is a new addition to my life, and I love Google Calendar now. <laughs> and a new addition, yeah. so yeah, I never. I how just, did you do it previously? I just had Apple. How Cal- does life work? Yeah, without without, Google I know. I didn't. I it was because it connects to Studio Ninja. Oh, yeah. The the, yep. the dates automatically jump over, and I was like, oh, this is way better. It's much more. I don't know what it is, but it just I think it interconnects with things better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was quite wonderful. But I'm also a bit of a a notepad gal, so yep. um. I've, and to try and avoid the amount of paper that I was using when I was using notepad scribbles that I've got like a, a whiteboard. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's my trick. Yeah, some <laughs> of the traditional methods are great too. Yeah. I remember, was it Natalie Martin? Very talented artist on the surf coast, used to have just a notepad and pen and yeah. a giant to-do list. Yeah, that's... Just cross it out as she went through. Yeah, I'm a very tactile person. Like I find, like I have an iPad, but I don't find I use it for like lists or to-dos because I just, something about... Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Getting back to the practical realities of, of life. I've actually started writing things down too. I can see a list here. That <laughs> a list of oh, cost savings. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to get through. Yeah. That's, I think next item on the list is Telstra. So oh. uh, always <laughs> cost savings to be made. So uh, I guess if we can touch on your, your accounting and everything. So QuickBooks, you can, you've got a good handle on that. Have you had to do any little short courses on bookkeeping, accounting? Um, do you do your own? I do my own currently, but that needs to change. My dad's an accountant, so he does yeah. help me. That's he, right. That's so he's not practicing. He's he's a financial controller, so he can't do my accounting, but he can advise me yeah. and answer questions when I can't understand the website. I'm like, mm. what are they saying? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I am doing it on my own, but I need to change that because there's whole things around, like, like getting loans when you do your own accounting. Mm. I think that's complicated i don't really understand it but um yeah so wear all the hats the accounting hat the mm-hmm. head of it head of hr yeah yeah <laughs> marketing and yeah. <laughs> client management and everything yeah and i guess i shouldn't forget our techies so just like your setup on the day especially mm-hmm. at a wedding what, what are you using there yeah so uh, i have canon r5 
the mirrorless camera that's I now have two of the same for the weddings I in regards to the weddings I'm currently running a 50mm 1.2 which is an RF lens but it's the only RF I have and then I adapt my old EF lenses uh, I have a 24 to 70 um, a, uh, 17 to 40 which is just for the dance floor that's all I use it for and then a 7200 which I barely use at all I don't really use for weddings uh, I'm not yeah, 200 you could kind of sit back right yeah I know the crowd it, of... it's, it's not really my vibe but it's good to have in the kit in case you're uh, in a venue where you like a church where you can't get closer yeah. um, but it's not I'm very much I like to be in up with everybody I'm not a huge fan of the 24 to 70. It's more just something I have and one day want to replace with like a prime 24 mil probably. Yeah. And they come out with that in the RF. And then in the water, I have my Aquatech housing. Oh, so yeah. I was going to say, what sort of water housing do you use? I yeah. sold mine last year, actually. Oh. We had to pay a lot of legal costs to buy a stonker oh. and everything had to go. Mountain bike, water housing. Oh, that's so my life. <laughs> all his fun stuff Aww. all the fun toys had to go but um, yeah. I'll get them all back eventually yeah and sacrifice. I think yeah exactly so sacrifices yeah. you have to make to buy a business but um, definitely definitely want to get back in the water and do some water photography oh it's it's amazing it's definitely a place where I've never really drawn inspiration or felt any form of pressure to create anything in particular it's just something a place that I love to be and yeah. time to just and as we found out recently small business can be all-consuming being a freelancer being a photographer uh, how do you get your head out of photography if you just want to completely relax let go I don't <laughs> you should ask always... my partner that he's like you don't um, <laughs> can you just stop talking about you, your pricing list yeah are you for your photos stop showing me another photo yeah. um, to be honest I all of my time is accounted for in work if like in the shooting editing or working on the business i if there's a wave i'll go for a surf or if i have a pre-determined engagement to be at then mm -hmm. i'll go to that engagement but every other minute of every other day yeah it's just in the business just why don't you yeah it's just i don't know it, but it's 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 not and they say you if you love what you do you don't work too you definitely still work a day in your life but yeah. i do genuinely and wholeheartedly love it and Yep. You know, all of my plans, my travel goals, my every goal is still orientated around it. So yep. it's just where I want to be. That's yeah. awesome. I think we're very similar. Yeah. I find it hard to watch movies now, TV shows, t yeah. especially TV series. Yeah. I find it really hard to completely switch off. Oh, like, I have like one hand on the like yeah. still like thing. And then sometimes when you're just so tired and you're just, yeah, obviously. But I try and make that like the exercise time like go to the gym go for a surf ride the bike walk the dog are like times where i can switch off mm -hmm. yeah but i don't really switch. i'm usually still thinking but you're not you know yep. doing it yep. is your partner in a creative field or he's an architect architect so, yes. there you go so yeah he's, he's, he's a very like, good runs his own business yeah 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 he runs his own business in anglesey so he's got similar you like he can kind of relate to everything you're going through definitely running your own business and and we can understand each other because he's obviously extremely busy and time consuming and is all all consumed by it and yeah. so am i so in some ways that we're a, a destructive <laughs> it might be destructive you want like one person that's just nice and cruisy yeah. but uh no but we do we can lean on each other and relate yeah. to each other in yeah. certain aspects it's lovely yeah cool so what's what's in store for the future zoe so Big ambitions, obviously, to keep growing your, your wedding photography business. Uh, what about travel, brands, anything else on the horizon? Yeah, I think uh, going forward, the, I mean, the dream goal is definitely filling my, day, my weekdays with more brand lifestyle uh, work. I absolutely love it just as much as I love weddings. And it works quite nicely that weddings fall on the weekends. Yep. So definitely oh, yeah. want to do lots more of that, get in the water more, and then, yeah, just keep growing the wedding business. Uh, we're hopefully going to get over to Indo next year, so get some more water stuff there, yeah. which would be lovely. And then... What board are you taking over there? <laughs> I don't know yet. Um, taking a quiver? Yeah, I just, I just got... Um, I literally had 
the JS black box for quite a few years oh, yeah. and wrote it into the ground. And then I was like, what do I get? And I just got another one, <laughs> but slightly bigger. I was like, I want a bit more foam so I can outbattle people. Um, so the thing, and then it's hard to let go of what you're used to. So. No, I know. And it's just like, yeah, the whole process of buying a board and look, I'm never going to be great. I love it. And I just want something that I can catch ways on. Yeah. Not, not awesome. fussy. Um, but yeah, then I'm going to head back to Europe and hopefully work under another photographer and kind of expand my documentary photography and wedding photography skills mm. over there for a few months to sort of just yeah, cool. be more equipped and knowledgeable. And yeah. And you haven't, um, we haven't talked about the exhibition yet. Oh, yeah. So if you oh, want yeah. to talk cool. about that and how, how it got yeah. started and where it is. Um, but yeah, I, I've, my first exhibition, I've... Print has not been something I've done a lot of. Yep. You know, the certain photographers on the coast, they're just uh, such demons at printing. They're mm. so good at it. They've, they're in the field and they're just killing it. It's, One of your colleagues at the exhibition, tell them. Yeah, it's tell. Print. Amazing. So. And his work is incredible and he's so good at that world. Mm. And I'm new to that world, most certainly. But I do enjoy seeing my work in physical form. Yeah. It's something quite rewarding. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they reached out and I was like, do you want to be a part of it? So, yeah, that sounds awesome. So um, another big milestone. Yeah, that's really <laughs> yeah. cool. So it's yeah, I'm really honoured to be there, and you know, hope that people resonate with what I chose to put in there. Uh, what are the, do you know the dates for that? The exhibition. I believe it's open. You can just go in through the, throughout the week up until I think it's the seventh of Jan, maybe. Yep. And yep. where's the premises? Uh, so it's the Fine Thanks Gallery, which is just at what's the road called? Baines, uh, Baines, Baines Crescent. Baines yeah. Crescent. Yeah. So just at the ends of Baines Crescent on the left, just next to the brewery. The brewery. Oh, yep. Next to Southwest Brewery. Yes, Southwest Brewery. There yes. you go. If, if you're listening and you're, you're in Torquay in the Surf yeah. Coast over Christmas New Year, so go along to the exhibition and then come and see us at Stonker afterward and buy yourself a sup. Exactly. What a day. <laughs> yeah. Awesome day. Uh, have you been on a sup before, Zoe? I have. I do have a sup. I do not take it in the waves. It's for flat water. Just, just okay. I like flat water and my dog likes it. He oh, loves perfect. sitting on the front. Anzac. Anzac. Um, but just flat. Anzac's yeah. very scared of the waves. All right. Very scared. We might have to get him into a few waves. Yeah. Three footers of bells. Oh <laughs> dogs love their waves. Oh, some dogs are fearless. Yes, yeah, some yeah. dogs are incredible. Some dogs are proper like, yeah. surfers. I often go and shoot up uh, when the new surf festival's on. Um, my grandparents live up in Noosa and I'll often just trip up and oh, just because wow. there's so many amazing photographers, um, surfers and photographers in the water. Yeah. And they always have the dog, the dog comp. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. It's That's quite, awesome. it's, it's kind of, I don't know if it, no, they look like they're having fun. Yeah. I, don't, I think it's, I don't think it's mean. I think, I think they're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fine line between exploitation. Yeah. And I think they, they look yeah. super Mostly keen. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, dogs love the water. So. They do. Uh, it's been awesome to chat, Zoe. We're coming up to one hour, conscious of your time as well. So uh, just finish off with some advice for, I guess, we'll try and get specific, you know, maybe some advice for female entrepreneurs, female freelancers, uh, those running a small business, you know, wanting to take the next step, or people sort of stuck in a rut, uh, doing something they're not entirely passionate about. Any advice for those people to um. take the next step? I don't know if I'm, I'm what makes me qualified to give people advice necessarily. That's that imposter syndrome. But I would say for me, it's that before photography, it was a very long road of just trying to find what I wanted and nothing. I just couldn't find what it is that, and I tried starting other little like bits and bobs of businesses, but I think the difference was that I wasn't actually passionate about it. You know, I, I wasn't, I was doing it because I didn't mind it or it was what I could do or what I knew how to do or someone told me I should do it, but I wasn't truly passionate about it. And they typically always failed mm -hmm. to a certain extent, you yeah. know, and, and then as soon as I just decided that this is what I love more than anything, that it doesn't become of if it will succeed, it's when it will succeed. Like, mm -hmm. and that's what I always try to remind myself of. It's just not, this is not an alternative until it fails and I, do something else i was like mm. there is no other option yep. than this yeah and if it means that i have to work you know another job at, because you know suddenly i have a dive in the business for whatever reason i don't know you don't know what could happen in the world or the economy then i'll do it just because that's what i have to do so i think yeah if you find that thing that you love i think it i'm not saying just drop everything and 
you know, leave your job and just do it. It's like, obviously yeah. it's more complicated than that. But if that's truly what you want to do, then I think you need to find everything that, you know, everything you need to, to make it happen. It's a whatever it takes type whatever, attitude. Whatever it takes. I think it's good advice because you tend to make a lot of contingencies when you take on something that you're passionate mm. about. And you're like, if this doesn't work out, I'll always just go back to full time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But if you have that mindset of, no, it's just a matter of, you know, when, not yeah. if. Yeah. It can make a huge difference. Definitely. There's no question. And, and just knowing that like every day is, is hard and the hard work doesn't end, but um, every time you get, you know, you just got to get back up again and, and just work your ass up and send another email, cold email again, yeah. bug them again, be politely Politely annoying. Yes. (laughs) My catchphrase. (laughs) I'm going to make that the headline for the podcast actually. Yeah. Yeah. Zoe Strap, politely annoying. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. Did you have any other questions there, Jess? No, I just wanted to say that I really admire your story. I think it it was probably one of my favourite interviews so far. So you've got a really amazing heart and I really admire what you're doing. So I think you're you're on the right track. So you're doing good things. Thank you so much. I'm stoked to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I have to second that. It was a really fun chat. So uh, so awesome to finally get you on the podcast for a chat, Zoe. Really appreciate you coming in today. Just as a finisher, where can people go to keep following your story? And also, you know, if someone's engaged and looking for a wedding photographer as well. Mm. Uh, so, lifestyle brand portrait stuff is all zoestrap.photography on Instagram or just zoestrap.com. And the weddings is zoestrap.weddings or zoestrapweddings.com. And yeah, and if you guys, any of your lovely listeners, reach out if they just want to say that they found me here i'm gonna happy give them a little a little gift a little gift i'll leave it at that but definitely yeah yeah if they want to reach out and have a chat about either um a shoot or uh like i've got a few prints and stuff like that then yeah just tell them to quote buddy oh very cool oh we appreciate that you you might be getting a message this afternoon actually because (laughs) we've got our summer stonker summer launch party happening this friday night so that'll be what the 20 3rd of December, so 5.30 to 9.30. We'd love you to come along, actually, Zoe, if you can make it. Uh, if you're not jet-setting somewhere. <laughs> no, not going anywhere this summer. Staying <laughs> in Anglesey or yeah. heading up to see family. So, but yeah, we'd love to have you there for the event. Uh, that's 5.30 to 9.30 Friday night. Otherwise, we'll sign off. Uh, it's been awesome to chat, Zoe. Thanks very much for being so transparent about your story. Tell us about your challenges and your triumphs as well. We really appreciate you coming on the South Coast Creators Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All good. Have a good Christmas. You and too. Year. Merry Christmas.